0: And welcome to another edition of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. This is Tommy Fierro joining us on a very special Christmas episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. We're going have a lot of fun on the show today. Joining us will be former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Wildfire Tommy Rich. will be joining us in just a second. Also, former ECW Tag Team Champion, the superstar Danny Morrison, a.k.a. Danny Doring, will be joining us later this evening as well. And we will be taking your calls live throughout the 90-minute special episode today. Our call-in number is area code 516-595-8295. Once again, that's area code 516-595-8295. Jeff and Jay, I know you're excited to talk to Wildfire in just a moment.
1: This is a very special episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast, Tommy. Listen, I could barely sleep last night. I felt like that kid on Christmas Eve waiting to wake up and see the presents that Santa Claus laid out underneath the tree, except instead of getting an action figure, I get to speak to the man himself, wildfire. Tommy Rich joining us today. I don't know how you pull these things off, Tommy, but I'm so happy that you're able to get connections like that. Today is going to be one heck show. Oh, absolutely. Well,
0: you know, uh, Tommy will be appearing at eighties wrestling con on May the 6th at the men sports arena in Morristown, New Jersey. So throughout the next few months, we'll be having various guests. that can be on the convention there. Obviously Tommy will be there. He was there last year as well. And, uh, he will be joining my good friend Darren at the 350 days table. Unbelievable documentary. We had him on in the past and, uh, We'll be talking about that more later in the episode. But without any further ado, uh, Jay, let's bring on former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Tommy Rich. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast.
2: Hey, guys. Jay, Tommy, thank you all for having me, man. Uh, I've been pretty excited about being on here this morning, my dang self. Darren called me last night and asked me could I do it, and I said, heck, yeah, y'all got one of the hottest podcasts going
0: i would appreciate that, man. It's a lot hotter now because Wildfire Tommy Rich is on the line with us. Again, we're taking your calls. Area code 516-595-8295. Jay, you want to jump over to the slam
1: line? Yeah, so we got uh, a couple of callers waiting on hold already for this amazing opportunity to speak directly to Wildfire Tommy Rich. First up on the slam line is a good friend of the show, Babyface Brian, all the way out from California. Good morning, Brian. Welcome to the show. You are live with Tommy Rich.
3: Merry Christmas, uh, Jolly Jumpin' Jay and Christmas time, Tommy Fierro as well as uh, legend in the business, Tommy Rich.
2: Well, Merry Christmas to you too, brother.
3: Hey, uh, uh, you've been in this business uh, since the year I was born, if I'm not mistaken, 1974. Uh, You've been a part of six decades of wrestling. Uh, Could you tell me, you know, what what was your favorite uh, time during the business? Was it back when you uh, won the world title from uh, Harley Race? Uh, What do you think the, the best time in those six decades has been?
2: Oh, shoot, I mean, it's all been good, but the 80s, man, you're right, the 80s, uh, the 80s just in general, man, the 80s was a good time, I mean, back then, uh, you know, I just, of course, that's when I was running Georgia Championship wrestling, it was just the hotbed for professional wrestling, the who's of who, you know, everybody wanted to come through Georgia, and I was just very blessed, I got in there, and and the fans loved me, and I got a permanent spot, and uh, didn't have to travel territory to territory. I, I did a lot there in Georgia and then I go to Tennessee. So, uh, you know, I, I really loved the eighties.
3: Well, so, so do all of us. That was, uh, that's when I started watching was, uh, uh, back in shoot 1986. I was only 12, but, uh, but, yeah, that was, uh, that was a golden era for sure. And uh, I appreciate uh, that you've been able to see the business change so much um, going from the territory days to the national expansion. Uh, were you, were you kind of sad to see the territories go away, or did you look at it as a positive when that was happening? Uh, uh, what did you think about the big changes that were going on?
2: I mean, it, you know, everything changes. You know, I mean, it. Uh, the territories was great. I played I play the territories when it. You know, I think when we lost the territories, we lost, you know, uh,
3: that's when wrestling
2: started changing, when it went to the big networks and was all over the country, whereas when it was territories, I mean, you didn't have two companies that you'd get an opportunity to be a wrestler. I mean, if you wasn't so good, you might go to Georgia and you'd start there, and if you, if you sucked it up and did good and improved, they'd send you down to Florida, you might get a little bit better, and then you end up in Kansas City as the main event. Whereas with these territories today, i mean well' not really territories I mean just these uh companies I mean you just you're either on top or you're not i mean you know you just you know you don't have the opportunities and uh I think that's a big thing that business is missing now
3: definitely it's kind of nice to see tommy bringing back uh his new jersey uh promotion uh as well as other independents so that there are more options than uh Seemed like there was a good good amount of time there where there there really wasn't quite as many options out there, and it feels like it's making a little bit of a comeback. So, uh, uh, last thing I'll ask you before I get off the line is if you could uh, if you had a, a friend or two in the business that you you know put up there above everybody else, just behind the scenes, and also uh, an opponent that might have been your favorite over the years. Shoot, man.
2: Like I said, I mean, of course, Harley. I mean, Harley, you know, he was a ring general. I mean, Harley was uh, just the best. I mean, to me, one of the best champions we ever had, if not the best. Um,
3: you know, uh, of course, I had that
2: run with that dude, and it Buzz saw you, man. I mean, it was tough wrestling, Buzz, because it was a fight every night, but we drew money together. I mean, so, you know, I'm just very blessed to have been in Georgia and got to work with the cream. Kim Batera. I had a run with Kim Batera. Uh, just, the, you know, the who's of who's. You know, I got to wrestle them all and got to team up with some tag team partners, Wahoo McDaniel, Ricky Martell, of course, Mr. USA, Tony Atlas. I mean, uh, you know, I just had so many good opportunities in this wrestling business. So blessed.
3: Well, I really appreciate talking to you. You're a trailblazer in the business and uh, definitely a true living legend. So thank you so much, and Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year to you, Tommy Rich. And uh, and thank also you, to uh, yeah, man. Thank, you
2: too, man. thank you so much.
3: Thank you, and uh, Merry Christmas to Jay and Tommy also. You guys are wonderful. Thanks so much.
0: Oh, yeah, Merry yeah, Christmas, so man. Thank, thank you for your support you this year, brother.
3: Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas. Take care.
1: All right, first caller in the books, Babyface Brian from California. Before we take the next call, uh, Wildfire Tommy Rich, if I could ask you a question myself, you've been all over the country. You guys talked a little bit about all the different territories you wrestled in. Throughout all these territories, you were picking up different championships along the way, whether it was in Deep South, whether it was in Georgia, Memphis, you name it, you were picking up championships as you look back at your career is there a certain championship a certain title that seemed to mean more to you as you reminisce on the career you had
2: Oh most definitely it would have to been the Georgia heavyweight title um You know, I just uh, I love the folks in Georgia. Which 17 went all over the country, but uh, to be the Georgia heavyweight champion, I think that was—I mean, the world heavyweight champion, of course. I mean, that was a big thing. But just the territories, I mean, the Georgia heavyweight title. uh, As a matter of fact, uh, they sent me a commemorative of it. it, You know, it just to me, it was just a beautiful, classy-looking belt. And uh, of course, and I love the folks in Georgia too. So it was—it was an honor.
1: That is wonderful. All right, next up on the Slam Line this morning is Brian from Long Island. Brian, good morning. You are live with Wildfire, Tommy Rich. Oh, Brian's call just dropped. Brian, if you're listening, please give us a call back. You're next up to speak with Wildfire, Tommy Rich. Tommy, let me ask you this. Tommy Farrow's got you lined up to come to 80s Wrestling Con 4 in New Jersey coming up in this spring. My guess is you get to travel around and do quite a few of these conventions. It's from a fan's point of view, from our side of the table, it's an absolutely thrill to get to meet you and other legends of the ring that we grew up idolizing. From the performer standpoint, what are your thoughts on these conventions? Do you look forward to them as much as us fans do?
2: Oh, most definitely. I mean, you know, I've been I've been doing it since 1975, and, and uh, for folks still to even remember Tommy Wildfire Rich. You know, I mean, it's it, it's just an honor, and because uh, it wasn't for the fans, they wouldn't be no me. And just to be here 45 years later or so, uh, and folks still know who Tommy Rich is. You know, that's a blessing, man. And then also, you get you know, I mean, you go to a lot of the independents, but you don't get to see the older guys that you grew up with and wrestled with, so it's always good to go around and see guys that you don't ever get to see no more, too, so I always, I really enjoy the uh, conventions and stuff.
0: Absolutely. And, and Tommy, real quickly, for some of the, 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 the not-so-old listeners out there that might remember you just from ECW long before your other career, you were a part of the FBI, what was that transition like for you, going from from all the territories you worked throughout the years, that the ECW, what, what was your and what was your initial take when you first went to ECW?
2: They was wilder and crazier than I was. <laughs> they, had, they had, I thought I was a wild boy, but they had a wild bunch of boys up there. So, you know, I kind of fit in, and uh, you know, hey, it was it was fun. It was definitely different from what I've ever seen. Uh, you know, they had a great crew of guys there though that went out there and put their lives on the line every night. You know, I mean, they went out there and give it their all. So,
3: and and
2: uh, and it was the first time I'd ever managed too, so that was a that was a big deal for me too. They asked me what I mind managing, and after I seen them boys beating each other to death with chairs and stuff, I didn't mind managing a bit.
0: Absolutely. I and, 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 and you can obviously tell watching you doing it, that you were having a good time doing it and how much fun you were having doing it. What was it like working with uh, with Tracy and uh, Guido on a regular basis at that point?
2: Oh, it was just great. And especially, you know, Jersey, New York, Jersey, all up through there. Me coming out and Tracy coming out and saying we was full-blooded Italians. I mean, it pissed them all off and of course, little Guido, I mean, he was Italian hanging out with us saying we was. So, you know, we had a lot of heat. I mean, uh, you know, we wasn't never. I mean, they didn't push us for the main event, but the boys, were, you know, Guido and Tracy won the titles and the uh, tag titles in the tournament. Uh, so, you know, the, the FBI gimmick got over really good.
0: Absolutely. Talk about getting over really good, Tommy. You got over really good, especially looking back. You're talking about Georgia Championship Wrestling i mean there there couldn't have been anyone hotter uh at that point than you now I got a question for you during that time frame is when really w w f really got into the to the boom period where they went into like the pop culture with m t v and rock and wrestling, and all of a sudden there's cartoons and action figures and uh i mean anything imaginable as far as merchandise went they were producing at that time that you at that time. Knowing obviously you know at this time how over you are. Did it ever did it ever you know were you ever curious like how you would have done at that time period in WWF? Because I, I have to imagine if you would have came in the WWF in the mid '80s, being as hot as you were, that you would have been right near the tippy top of of the of the the WWF ladder. What, what, did you ever wonder what would happen if you would have went there at that time?
2: Yeah, I look back every now and then. I mean you gotta you gotta question yourself sometimes but I just you know, my with my wife I had three young ones and um, just it just wasn't for me. I just didn't wanna move up north and uh, you know, I had Roddy Piper had me booked one time and I just at the last minute I changed my mind and um, you know, I, you know, I probably should have went in hindsight. But uh, am I sorry I didn't? I, I don't think so. Uh, but I, I, what I do miss, miss, and I wish I that I missed out on, but I wish I had went was to Japan a lot more. I wish, you know, I, I went a few times, and of course there did. I was a, you know, got home sick first time I went was for six weeks, and uh, they didn't have one, but one American on there, and I didn't know him. So that was pretty tough you know now you know they go cut, you know started a couple of weeks two or three weeks that would have been bad but I, I hate that i didn't go to japan no more than i did
1: tommy if i could ask you a, a question uh tommy Fierro and i often talk about how when we were young and watching wrestling there seemed to be this magic about the industries and then as we have grown up and kayfabe has went away that magic has kind of disappeared and we don't know if it's because we're just getting older or if it truly is because the the business of professional wrestling isn't protected anymore and quote-unquote kayfabe is no longer uh valued as a performer that grew up wrestling in the 70s and the 80s into the 90s. You were there when this transition from protecting the business kind of started to slowly drift away. As a professional wrestler during this time, I would love to hear your opinion on how you think that affected the industry.
2: Oh, I think it most I mean, whether people back in the day knew it was or wasn't, wasn't, you know, uh, scripted, they still believe it's kind of – my, the best example I can give, is kind of like going to a magic show. You go to that magic show, you'll go a million times, but once you know how they do it, the mystique's gone, so it ain't quite as good. And uh, back in the day, I mean, we were, you know, if you went to a bar, got in a fight, and got your ass whooped, you was out of the territory. So you stood <laughs> up for your business back in the day, whereas now, you know, somebody come up to you and said your business is fake, you, you know, you'd be up in that face you know, because it's just the way, I mean, mm. and, and you hadn't been, which they're athletes now, don't get me wrong. Um, and I know it's choreographed, but, but it just was different then. I mean, the mystique mm. of it, y'all, you, you go to some of the little independent shows and stuff now, and the people there still want to believe. Right. You know, they still want, you know, they still, it's like when I first went to Georgia, you know, I mean, they because, you know, everybody come through there wanting to be on 17. So you had guys like Ox Baker, uh, you know Wahoo McDaniel, just all the Minnesota record crew, Mr. Mm-hmm. USA Tony Atlas, and then here comes a little cornbread kid that ain't built for nothing, and, and the people fell in love with me. You know, I mean, because I didn't, I didn't die, I didn't quit, I always fought, and and people wanted something to believe in like that. But I think they kind of like to see you get your ass whooped for a minute, just so you could get that comeback in. You know, so, uh, yeah, the mystique, I think the mystique's completely gone. They know it's a show now. So that makes it a whole lot different.
1: We have a caller on hold, Wildfire Tommy Rich. We're going to welcome to the show with Tom from Totowa, New Jersey. Tom, you are
4: live with Wildfire Tommy Rich. Well, happy holidays. It's a pleasure to be on with Tommy Rich, you, Jumping Jim, and you, Tommy Fierro. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, brother. I want to piggyback on jumping Jim's question, Mr. Rich. Um, How soon into becoming a wrestler did you get smartened up to the business? Because we're talking about kayfabe, and sometimes I hear that wrestlers aren't smartened up right away. How long did it take for you? Was it from day one, or did it take a while?
2: No, they didn't tell I mean, you know, you kinda get the idea when you start working out, but they couldn't stretch me out a little bit. I told you I moto broke me in so they worked on me a little bit to see if I was I mean, and most of the guys did. You know, you got stretched out to see if you was going you know, they didn't want nobody gonna be there a week. They wanted to make sure you was gonna stay, so they would make you know, you'd pay your dues to get into business.
4: Do you remember who your first match was against?
2: It was against Phil Hickerson in Tupelo, Mississippi, where Elvis Preston's from. And I didn't even know the night I went down to referee, actually is what I was supposed to do, which they knew I was going to wrestle, but they didn't want me to be all nervous. So anyway, I got there, and they said somebody was hurt, and I was going to have to wrestle, and I wrestled Phil Hickerson that night.
4: Did you have nerves when they told you at the arena that you were going to be wrestling?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. My belly was rolling. I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, the butterflies was there, that's for sure. And then, and of course, he told me just to relax, you know. But and of course, back then, he, I say he told me he sent the referee over to tell me just to relax because back then you didn't even dress in the same dressing rooms, you know. I mean, that's how I talk about K I mean, the buildings, you wouldn't even be in the same dressing room. If you talked about your match, the referee would have to relay a message. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talking that went on except out there in the ring.
4: What were you feeling when you heard that the NWA board decided to put the title on you? Was it a shock or was it something that they have been building towards?
2: Well, they had been building toward it, but I didn't really – I didn't know until that night, actually, when we got to Augustus when they told me. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean – uh, like I said, Harley, you know, Harley, Harley Race had a lot to do with it. And uh, like I said, you know, I just I love Harley Race to bed. And uh big shout-out
0: to his family. Excellent, excellent. Well, Toto to Tom. thank you very much for calling in. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for all your support. And we'll talk to you next week here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Tommy, real quick, I know uh, your time is limited. I wanted to ask you one final question uh talking about you know that that boom period for wwf in the the 85 era so when they when they first decided to go with the first wrestlemania and you know they were picking up all these different guys from all these different territories uh what what was your uh what was your opinion of that did you think that it was going to be successful and 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 reset the levels that it did because you, you hear a lot of Mixed reactions from guys from that time frame. Some thought it was going to work. Some thought this was the craziest guy in the world. Especially when they put all the marbles in the the first WrestleMania. What what was your take on that?
2: Uh, well, Ben, I mean, like him or not, he he's a smart businessman. I mean, he he, uh, you know, he took him. Ch- he changed the world of wrestling. I mean, he he changed it. I mean, ben, Mr. Barnett, you know who I work for in Georgia. You know, he had Channel Seventeen. I mean, and and he got a sample of how it would do anyway because we started going up to Ohio, Michigan, and just selling the places out. And and I'm sure he's seen that. And uh, but he he made the big jump. I mean, and and he was just successful with it, he ain't looking back. So, you know, hats off to him. I mean.
1: Mr. Wildfire, if I could follow up with just one last question before, uh, before you get on with your day. I know when you have a career that lasts as long as yours has, you have the opportunity to pick up different things along the way. Do you have any memorabilia from your times throughout the territories that you keep displayed in your own home, or did you really not collect anything while you were going about your professional journey?
3: Well,
2: I've just started going. I've kept a lot of stuff. Uh, You know, we have a condo down here in Myrtle Beach, so most of it's in storage, but I've just started getting it out. We go through it every now and then and put it in sleeves. And Yeah, I've Mm. got quite a bit of stuff.
1: That must be, uh, from a fan's perspective, to be able to see stuff like that, because i got to believe it tells the story of your career. And to be able to look through that from time to time yourself, I'm so happy you kept stuff because what a nice way to kind of reflect upon not only your career, but the impact that you had. As a professional wrestler, the impact that you had on us fans, we lived vicariously through through your matches. We rooted for you. When you won, we felt like we won. When you lost, we felt like we lost. And so it's just a beautiful thing that you can go back and kind of relive those stories. Um, as a fan, what is the best way to keep on top of what, Tommy Rich is up to these days. Are you on social media? How do fans stay in touch?
2: Uh, yeah, I got a Facebook page, Tommy Wildfire Rich.
1: Fantastic. I'm gonna write. I'm making sure. I'm making a note. I'll make sure to check that out after the show, uh, Mr. Tommy Fiero. I know we're short on time with Wildfire Tommy Rich. Anything you want to add before we sign off? And I was just looking forward hey, to Tom- having Tommy. Tom- I'm sorry, yeah, Tommy.
2: Oh no, go ahead. No, I was just saying to say, we're looking forward to
0: having you back up. Tommy had a great time uh, this past year at the 80s Wrestling Con. He came up. He was at Barrett's table. Yeah, he man, had a really man, good time.
2: Man the arena. Uh, hey, and I want hey, Jay and Tommy, I want to wish y'all a very Merry Christmas and Happy happy New Year. And hey, To all the wrestling fans, man, I hope y'all have the greatest Christmas in the world, man. Thank y'all so much for all the years back at Tommy Wildfire Ridge. God bless.
0: Oh, bless you, Thank sure. you, Tommy. Thank you have so a great much.
2: day and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, brother.
0: All right, guys. And there you have it. Former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, legend in this industry, Wildfire Tommy Rich Just one of many 80s wrestlers that will be appearing at the fourth installment of 80s Wrestling Con at the Menon Sports Arena, Morris Town, New Jersey, on... Saturday, May 6th now. Uh, he will be, Jay, appearing at the 350 Day Booth. And we talked about this uh, documentary in the past. We've had Darren on talking about it. It's available on Blu-ray and DVD on Amazon. Still time for a nice stocking for Jay. Going to get me some. I'll take a Blu-ray
1: of it. Listen, it's, it's a fantastic documentary. Uh, it's kind of an interesting time to be a wrestling fan because right now, Thanks to shows like Dark Side of the Ring, The Rock's Got Tales of the Territory. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan because we're finally getting to hear these kind of stories behind the scenes that as fans, young fans, we never really even thought about. But now as we're adults, that's the side of the business that truly we find fascinating. And so this is one of those documentaries that kind of pulls back the curtains and gives you an idea of what life on the road and really what these guys are putting themselves and their families through. Uh, and so I agree, if, if, if you're a wrestling fan or if you know a wrestling fan, this would be a phenomenal stocking stuff for this Christmas season.
0: Again, 350 days available on Amazon, and my good friend Darren put it together. Amazing documentary. Definitely check it out. Jump in jail. It's funny, I didn't realize I'm happy I asked that question because I never heard a story in the past where Tommy Rich was supposed to go to the WWF and then backed out the last minute. Uh, He said that Piper had him set up to go up there. I'm not sure if it was for a tryout or a formal job, but uh, that's pretty – that's breaking news, I think, that we just uh, got here on the podcast because I don't remember hearing that story
1: before, have you? You know, I've never heard that before either, and I love the way that Wildfire said sometimes when you look back, you kind of got to question decisions, because if you're a professional wrestler and you have the opportunity to go to the World Wrestling Federation at the time that wrestling is about to explode, that's like a fork in the road, maybe life-altering kind of decision. Uh, And I don't think that he regrets that he didn't go, but it's just interesting that as a professional wrestler, he was at that crossroads at one time in his life. And like you said, if he would have made the jump, just the fan following that he had and the kind of performer that he was, you know that he wouldn't have been a low-level bottom-of-the-card guy. He would have been in the mix. And so, yeah, that could have changed the landscape of what we know as wrestling it, in the 80s. It, it definitely could have. you think about it, so this was 85, right? So
0: he was, I mean, have you, have you ever seen any of his Sergio Championship wrestling stuff? Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, he was. I mean, he was as over in Georgia as you know Hulk Hogan was in WWF. I mean, he was like a, a huge, huge star down there. You know, so during that during that landscape when they're taking all you know these different people from these different territories, I'm curious, and I, I wish I would have followed up and asked them. I'm curious if it was during the time frame where they were uh, grabbing talent from here and here and there. Uh, i'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look into that that's, that's interesting. uh we have another call, I believe on hold.
1: Brian from Long Island is joining us this morning. Brian, welcome to the show you just missed Wildfire Tommy Rich. Well
5: yeah its uh, the second you guys called me, the damn
1: door got in and uh,
5: disconnected us. but it was it was a, <laughs> a blessing in the sky. It an important work call anyway but uh let me tell you something though I will tell you a great story about Tommy Rich. Back in the ECW days when he was uh, managing at the FBI, Mm -hmm. you know, we used to get to the shows at the Elks Lodge and Story of Queens uh, hours before to see the wrestlers coming in. And Tommy, uh, let me just say, Tommy was a very, they called him Wildfire for a reason. We had a lot of good times and laughs with Tommy. Before and after the ECW shows And uh, yeah, I've met him many times And he's quite a character. And um, I just want to uh, <clears throat> Excuse me um, I got a Christmas uh, right, right, 80s Western Christmas memory That I'm sure you guys will uh, appreciate I know you guys like the old TNT and t stuff But let me just say, Tommy I was listening last week I didn't get a chance to call, but I listened And you were talking about you would like to sell Quake burgers, but you're not licensed to sell food, okay? You're not, but the deli next door to you does. And the pizzeria <laughs> across the street from your, from your store does. You could do a course that we've seen many times. It's hard, to, it's hard to do. Course promotion is tricky. But when it's done right and everybody works together for a common goal, it can work. You could do for every quake burger they sell stay the customer gets whatever percent off anything at your <laughs> store for whatever but, but, uh dollars they spend at you they get a dollar off whatever the quake burger everybody could work together so when there's a will, there's a way remember that, and you know I, like, the later, I, I like you guys too I'm glad <laughs> to hear that it feels mutual um at the uh I just want to say, you know, I was listening to uh, to your guys' on uh, show on t- Primetime Wrestling, and I, ju- I just want to, really quick, there were two uh, moments that I'm very surprised nobody brought up. You guys brought up how they would dress up for Halloween or whatever. One of the mm-hmm. Halloween episodes, they did a segment where, and if you haven't seen this, uh, go to YouTube or whatever, uh, Primetime Wrestling, Tony Paco's. They went to a hot dog uh, place in Chicago. And you talk about comedic genius. These two not only had a chemistry, but whoever came up with this, this is the kind of comedic writing that, uh, you know, writers would kill for. Everywhere they went on location, Gorilla knew everybody. And Bobby knew nobody. So simple (laughs) things like that. (laughs) <laughs> that I mean, those mm-hmm. two, you know, primetime wrestling, when I think of primetime, mm-hmm. I always watched for those two. Yeah, the matches were cool. Those two were just comedic gold. And, uh, oh, the the, the, the pre- yeah, the preceding formats, like the round table, it had its moments, like when <laughs> Bobby, they're building up to the SummerSlam in Indiana. Bobby's wearing a pin with his picture on it. Saying I've been uh, saying Indiana's Bobby. I've been named Indiana's Bobby. (laughs)
1: And and Gene
5: Oakland said, "Well, what about Bobby Knight?" And Vince says, "Bobby Knight is definitely Indiana's Bobby." And everybody says, "He says who who the hell's Bobby Knight?"
3: And Vince says,
5: "Come on, the college coach, the Hoosiers," and he says, "Gladys's brother." And the only one laughing is Mr. Perfect it was, it was just just awesome. the other moment I I can't believe nobody brought yeah. this up. Like the the live audience, it had its mm-hmm. moments, but it was never like uh Bobby and uh and Gorilla. But uh when Andre the Giant came on and made Bobby roll around like the fruit and made the wine. Yep. That <laughs> that, that, that has to be yes, but <laughs> Red Flair with the title and Heated yeah. on his knees with perfect, but Andre the Giant with the one, no yep.
2: question,
0: yeah.
2: absolutely, no question. <laughs> absolutely, hey, <laughs>
0: Brian, thank you so much for calling
2: in. Yeah. Man.
5: We
0: really appreciate it. And, and jumping, J, gentlemen, Brian, uh, Brian from Long Island bought some yeah. LJNs. He, he bought some LJNs from the store. I shipped enough three of them, and he's smart man. He called back yesterday. He's got two more going out today for him.
4: Oh, that's uh, so fantastic.
0: His mid-on-card Absolutely. LJN collection is definitely uh, growing out there in Long Island.
1: That is amazing. Absolutely.
0: My Hasbro, my
5: LJN, and, uh, you know, I didn't uh, tell my wife how much those things cost me, but, uh, <laughs> you know,
2: listen, thank God I'm blessed. Hey, if,
5: I'm blessed with a wife. Hey, it Brian, in me, our uh, business,
0: it's called keyfabe, brother. Just keyfabe.
5: <laughs> so
1: that, man. Hey, hey listen, Brian.
5: Gentlemen, Merry
0: Christmas.
1: Great hey, you talk
0: I'll talk to you next week. God bless.
1: You too, Brian. You God too. Bless. Merry
0: Christmas, Brian. Thank you so much, man. All right, jumping, Jay. I need you to jump on over to the wrestling collector slam line now and get on our uh, next special guest joining us on a special Christmas episode of Eighties Wrestling, the podcast. Uh, thank you each and every week for tuning in, listening to us. Uh, it's been a fun year. Definitely talking each and every week. I look forward to it every week. talking to my main man, jumping Jay. Our next guest up joining us on the uh, slam line here on eighties wrestling. The podcast is uh, a good friend of mine, personal friend of mine outside of wrestling. And, uh, he was growing up a huge wrestling fan, just like all we, like all of us were. Uh, his favorite growing up was Randy, Macho Man Savage, and he had an opportunity to meet Randy Savage uh, when he, you know, was in the wrestling business. Now the cool thing is, is that '80s Wrestling Con coming up on Saturday, May the sixth at the Menon Sports Arena in Morris Town, New Jersey. One of the really cool attractions that day will be the 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award uh, going to the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Lanny Papo. I'm actually flying him all the way in from uh, Argentina to uh, actually get the award for the Macho Man. And the man presenting Lanny with that award is joining us right now, former ECW Tag Team champion, the
2: superstar,
0: Danny Morrison. Danny, welcome back the 80s wrestling
1: the podcast sorry to disappoint you but it's jumping jay superstar danny morrison has not answered his phone yet but i'm going to try back in a second here tommy wow he's a big man I thought, I thought that was I, I thought i thought it was i thought it was him disguising his voice as you he does a darn good jumping jay impression listen what i've learned is if you ever meet somebody who has the moniker superstar that's a very busy individual they're not going to answer the first time you call and so uh, I'm gonna give it another go here. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, he knows he knows you're calling, so he should uh,
5: he should pick up. I told him it's coming from a uh,
0: another number, so try and get him back on again. He is going to be presenting uh, Lanny Poffo with the '80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award for his brother uh, Randy Savage at '80s Wrestling Con. So I know that he's really looking forward to that. He grew up a gigantic macho man fan so uh, i know it's going to be a unique opportunity for him as it is for me at my event being able to uh, give such a i'm
3: sorry uh, the award- person you are trying to reach has a voicemail box right. that has not been set up yet please try your call again later goodbye
1: all right tommy fiero i think we have him live and in studio superstar danny morrison No, his call just dropped. I don't dropped. think we do. His was, call just his dropped. Had we had him, but he didn't. Uh, he heard my voice, not yours, and he's like, "I'm not talking to this jabroni." Yeah, he, he yeah. might have. He might. He have. might have. So maybe here, I'll let dial. Me, let me let me let me let me text him the number, and tell him to call into us this time, okay? Okay, that would work as well. Then then we don't have to deal with the red tape of the green room pushing too many buttons here uh, to get superstar Danny Morrison here. But man. What a great show thus far today. You could sing a 12 Days of Christmas song, delivering wildfire Tommy Rich. On the next day, we get to talk to superstar Danny Morrison, formerly known as Danny Doring, who had uh, quite the career himself, ECW, uh, was in the WF for a little bit, and then, uh, of course, now makes his home in ISPW. Which is the home of the greatest independent wrestling on the planet time. today.
2: I just wanna have Tommy to talk a little bit more, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that voice there. <laughs> I love Ah, see you up there 80s wrestling. I love him. He's
1: awesome. You do you I do a darn him. good darn good uh imitation there of wildfire Tommy well, Rachel. Well that's no good
0: doubt. news, you know why? Because I, I was I was going to wait till later in the episode, but I guess I could tease it now since it's a longer edition of AD's Wrestling the Podcast. Especially when uh, my buddy don't pick up when we call him to the, the come on uh, the uh, the returning for one episode only since it's Christmas party. Uh, the the uh, the legendary Tommy Sheik will make his uh, return later on the, today's episode of the AD's Wrestling the Podcast,
1: yeah. Man, wishes do come true. Santa Claus does deliver. Uh, Santa chic make an appearance sometime today on the program. Um, Tommy, we do have an unknown number waiting in the wings on hold. It doesn't match the number Uh-oh. that you gave me for the superstar, so this could be somebody brand new. Let's go to the slam line and find out. Good morning, caller. What's your name? And where That's you me. You from? There he is. Superstar.
5: There he Hailing is. Hailing from wherever I damn well please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's going on,
5: man? How are you? I'm good, man. I must have some bad shoddy cell service on my other phone, so I called you from my, uh, how do the kids say, burner phone.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Duff Jay told me you were K-faving me. You're too big of a superstar for me, but I told him that's not the ah, case.
5: Yeah. That's definitely not the case. No, no, you have a direct line. The, uh. The uh, the other ones all get kayfabe. I've been
3: kayfabeing. Uh, <laughs> I've
5: been faving fools for a while. Bull James keeps calling me trying to apologize. I kayfabe uh, that call at least five times yeah. a
0: day. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you for kayfabeing that one, man. Hey, listen. I was I was right before you you got on. I was just telling everyone how one of the main features of '80s Wrestling Con coming up in May is going to be the '80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award that we're going to present to Lanny Tosso and you're going to be the one that is going to be presenting Lanny with this. Now, I'm with you, man. I grew up a gigantic fan of Randy Savage. Uh, I know that, you know, he was, the reason why uh, you became a wrestler, which I'd like you to talk about as well. Uh, How cool is it for you, man, to be able to, you know, and I know you met him as, as as an adult,
4: which is really
0: cool in itself when you're a wrestler. Um, how cool is it for you to be able to take part in this and, and present the 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award to his brother? You know,
5: it's funny because I haven't really fully processed it. Um, I, sometimes I sit back and I think about my journey as a whole, and it's, it's funny because you you accomplished these things that you, you grew up and you wanted to do this and you set goals for yourself and you've done things. And then, as the business goes on, and your time in the business goes on, and you still get the opportunity to do mind-blowing stuff, especially as many years as I've been in at this point, um, is pretty much like it's it's embodiment of what the business is itself and what it can do for you and how it makes you feel. So, like this brings me back all the way to my 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 mother's studio apartment when I was a kid watching wrestling on a 13-inch black-and-white TV with my great-aunt while my mother worked her fingers to the bone um, and falling in love with wrestling for the first time. And without giving too much away about what I'd like to say months from now, when we do this, um, Randy Savage, seeing him, was the one that made me go from being uh, a casual weekend fan to a full-blown you know, wrestling enthusiast. Um, and you know, as a young kid... Having your favorite wrestler, especially in the WWF at the time era, be a heel was pretty unheard of because everybody was a Hulkamaniac uh, except for me. So to tell you how this brings me back all the way to that moment after everything I've done and accomplished should say should speak volumes for how I feel about this honor.
1: Danny, if I could ask you a question. if You grew up loving the Macho Man Randy Savage as we all did, but like you said... Being a fan of a heel wrestler when you're a child is not really a common thing. You know, Sometimes you'd have the uncle or the grandpa who would cheer for the heel more to just get underneath your own skin, but to to fall in love with a performer who's a heel and cheer him on anyway is a unique experience. Macho Man put on so many classic wrestling matches from, you know, everyone talks about his Wrestlemania 3 match uh, against the Dragon. He's had matches against Jake the Snake, Nature Boy, Hogan, in your eyes as a fan, is there a match of his that you put above the others? If you're going to give someone who doesn't know who Randy Savage is a match to watch, is there one that comes to the top of your head?
5: Um, If I'm going with sheer emotion, uh, if I'm looking at it from an aspect of sheer emotion that would draw in somebody who – who normally wouldn't be familiar with his career 100%, you know what I mean? Uh, I think you kind of have to go with WrestleMania Seven against the Warrior Mm. because you you, you went through so many different uh, bands of emotion there, Uh, not to mention the fact that the dude's outfit was absolutely unbelievably (laughs) fire. Um, But he comes out as a heel with Sherry and you have the whole he's a, and through the match he puts on a classic and he kicks out of the whole Ultimate Warrior's finish which was unheard of and Sherry turns on him and Elizabeth comes back into the fold so you go from every gambit of emotion from the heel turn it back to the face and the Ultimate Warrior wins the match ultimately but Randy Savage gets the ultimate pop at the end for reuniting mm-hmm. with Elizabeth and turning babyface so I think from that sheer storytelling Emotional roller coaster. You have to go with that one. Uh, personally, for me, WrestleMania three and WrestleMania four for him winning the uh, yeah. world heavyweight championship in that tournament. Uh, for me personally, in Atlantic City, New Jersey, which is which is close enough to where my stomping grounds are.
2: Well, we, hey, we have
5: Danny, a Danny,
0: real, real quickly, you said about WrestleMania seven. Uh, I had it on in the store this summer. I had WrestleMania seven on. And that whole, you know, how it ended with, with Randy Savage and Elizabeth and them getting back together. Dude, I, I'm legit. Legit. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it. Like, I got choked up and, like, had tears streaming down my face. Like, just this summer watching it in the sun, I'm like, damn, I'm fucking either. I got no life or I just love this too much. And I'm like, I was, like, fucking crying <laughs> over it. I'm like, what the that's hell? That's
5: awesome. That's just awesome because I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about it. So, like, the fact that you can still – you know, not even be you be involved in the business ingrained like a tick and it can still tug on your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much, I mean, that, that's, that's a pretty powerful thing uh, to pull off, man. So like, and that's part of the reason why, man, like it, it's, it's, it's just a cool thing that the business can give to people who want to just, you know, lose themselves in it, man. You can actually just, you know, absolutely revel in these emotions and, and go through things, and, and 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 maybe even invest some of your own personal feelings in what's going on there. You relate in some way, and that's the beauty of the wrestling business for me, man. And that was definitely one of yeah, those man. moments. And so, look, at Tommy in his in his in his early early to late 20s right now. I gave you a major compliment. <laughs> um, still, still, still getting uh, still getting heart. Uh, you know, feeling that is, is a pretty powerful, amazing thing.
1: Uh yeah. there, there hey, is a call uh, there's a caller waiting to talk to the superstar here, but before we go to the call line, because you're a New Jersey guy, Danny, and you guys had more house shows in your neck of the wood than maybe other parts of the country, did you ever get a chance to see Randy Savage wrestle live?
5: Yeah, it's a funny story. I uh I snuck I got tickets from a couple of my friends of mine and we snuck into New York City. Um We went to see, we went to the Garden. It was supposed to be Randy Savage versus the Warrior in a steel cage for the heavyweight championship. And the night before, Macho Man uh, laid out the Warrior with the scepter. So Sergeant Slaughter at the Mm -hmm. Royal Rumble could win the title. So the next night, we snuck in, we got to the city. uh, We watched the matches. And Macho Man actually won the cage match, me being... You know, a high school kid. Even still, I was, I was like, "Damn it! If he didn't do what he did last night, he'd be heavyweight champion of <laughs> the world right now." Uh, right, right. Uh, yeah, you know, and we were right up against the guardrail, so I mean, that was that was a pretty cool thing, man. Hey, mm-hmm.
0: Daniel, real quick before we cause we have a couple callers on Hogan to talk to you. Real quick, I want to ask you: so You're a couple years older than me, so when Savage turned on Hogan, and you said you were you were always Savage even as a kid, like what what was your reaction? Because you you were what, probably Twelve or thirteen, when 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 that happened. Probably.
5: probably.
0: Um, so what? what my did, you, react- did you like pop? Did you pop huge when when Savage turned on Hogan? Well, let me just let me
5: just uh, let me just uh, eliminate that 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 mist that uh, misconception. I don't think that he turned on Hogan. I think the years have proven that Hulk Hogan was always the heel. <laughs> so like Macho Man just exposed that Hulk Hogan had lust in his eyes, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a year-long plan to infiltrate Macho Man's camp Turn his woman on him And it was all being selfish to get the heavyweight championship back Macho Man had the, the clairvoyancy to see it coming And nipped it in the butt So, like, you know, and we've seen that through the years With his NWO term When when Hogan turned his back on WCW We found what kind of guy he was And Macho Man just knew it before A decade before anybody else did <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's right, yeah,
1: He's right. I love it. He did have lust in his eyes. We all sighed. I love it. <laughs> all right. We're going to take, take some, another call. Yeah, we're going to take a couple calls here, people that are lined up to talk one-on-one with the superstar, Danny Morrison, up first from Chico, California, babyface Brian. Brian, welcome back to the
3: program, sir. Thanks very much. Hey, uh, Danny, I heard you talking about Macho Man. You're a few months older than me, but... Uh, I, I just feel like we got all the same feelings about Savage. Um, I got to see him three times uh, from 86 through 88. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, the story that you have is just phenomenal about uh, seeing him uh, at the guardrail. But uh, I, I'll just throw out that the first time I saw him, it was a uh, an intercontinental title match in December of 86 where uh, he faced Billy Jack Haynes and it's about a 10,000 seat arena in Sacramento at the, the original Arco arena. And we were just awestruck because even at that little arena with uh, no TV cameras going, he was going from the top rope down to the floor, dropping the, uh, the double axe handle on Billy Jack. Billy Jack was doing a slam with him over his head in the ring. Uh, he must've went from the top either to the floor or to mm-hmm. the uh, ring three different times in the match. And I, you know, uh, I was, I think we were about six rows back and watching this in person, it was just pretty phenomenal seeing somebody doing that back then when there weren't any cameras present. So, uh, he was, uh, right there with, uh, Roddy Piper was my favorite. Randy Savage was second and I'm exactly on your side. I was, I was, you know, thinking that he was the one in the right when, uh, when Hogan, he split up, uh, or, when Hogan uh, had the lust in his eyes and uh, went after Elizabeth, I was also hoping that he would uh, win the match at WrestleMania Five. So uh, I just feel like uh, kindred spirit right there with you as far as love and uh, just Merry Christmas to you and yours. And it's so nice that you're uh, that you got such a great relationship with Tommy. Uh, these guys are uh, two quality guys, Tommy and Jay. And uh, it, it's great talking to you. Merry Christmas to y'all.
5: Thank, Thank you. Man. Man. That's a pretty, uh, yeah, right. that's a pretty awesome call. And you know what? Like just to, 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 to piggyback on what he said, uh, and, and happy new year and Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, like the fact that those guys go out there and, you know, on, on and, and give like, you know, people, people save money, people work extra hours, people do what they got to do to get tickets to go to these shows. And back then, um, even back then it was harder to, you know, for advertising to find him and get to these shows, and that these guys went out and gave these fans their money's worth um, is is a pretty cool thing. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that phone those shows in um, and just work the whole, which, you know, would work, but the fact that Mach Man's sitting there risking, uh, you know, his his, his 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 bread and butter to go out there and do his, his shtick, his top rope stuff, his aerial bat kind of things is a, is a pretty cool thing. And, and, and just like he said, um you know, he agrees with me as the Hulk did have lust in his eye. And I think that, again, time has proven that. And that's just a very, that's just an amazing call to kick off. man. I, I absolutely love it. And I love his passion. So, man, that was
1: awesome. Well, up next on the call line is a guy who's very passionate about uh, ISPW wrestling. I know he's a huge fan of yours. Welcome to the program, Toto with Tom. Tom, welcome back. You are live with the Superstar.
4: I Coda you, two Tom, opp- what's
1: going
5: on,
4: bro? Doing well, Mr. Morrison. But first, listen, Jumping, in, Jim. I gave you two opportunities to address me the correct way, and you you screwed up on both times. It's the five-star caller, Coda with Tom. Did we not say this last week? I'm waiting. Answer him, Jay. Did he tell oh, you wait? how to address him or not? He's looking for his cricket audio again. All right, look, yeah, let's, exactly. let's get to it. First of all, you also have to address Mr. Morrison as the ISPW Superstar of the Year. So that's strike two against you, okay? He is the yeah, ISPW yep, yep. Superstar of the Year. Thirdly, why the hell has the footage of Bull James desecrating that award that Mr. Morrison won not been to the public yet. Do you, I don't even think Mr. Morrison knows about it. That Bull's I do not. That this news to he me. He took that award, and he smashed it on the ground.
0: Absolutely. We actually have the footage. We're going to be posting the, year, uh, the year-end the year awards on uh, December 31st on New Year's Eve, and uh, we do have that footage. We're going to plan on showing that as well. I don't know if you were aware of that. I didn't want to upset you. Bull, no. uh, at the at the party, grabbed your uh, you're you're uh flocking through it and broke it so I'm ordering another one, that's what I didn't tell you.
5: I uh you know, I saw what Bull had to say. First of all, I had seen the uh I had seen the uh the, the interview the, or the post match antics that Bull had and Maven had uh put out there um about going out to the clubs and going all, and going to all the clubs that I would frequent, uh as a younger man, that I wouldn't have to pay to get into that they would beg me to come to, as they had to sit there and pay cover to get into, probably. And I saw all that, and I'm glad they're having a good time at my expense. and MAven, uh, to me, is like the doorknob of ISPW. Every top heel gets a turn. so you already see how that relationship's going to fizzle out, as Carino found out recently. Uh, to do what he did to my award, that's great because my, my award can't fight back. Uh, I can. And I will. And as soon as I'm 100%, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Bull James is keeping my heavyweight championship warm. And Toto with Tom nailed it on the head because he is a five-star caller. And I'm not going to do him dirty like they try to do on Busted Open. I got Toto with Tom's back all the way. And that's my guy right there. And he's a proud member of Mars and Madness. And in due time, maybe even Bull, whoever else is around,
4: will have to have their comeuppance. I appreciate that, Mr. Morrison. I want to just, uh, if I could, piggyback on what you were mentioning earlier in the call. You mentioned that you used to sit in front of your uh, 13-inch black-and-white TV while your mother was working her fingers to the bone. How did your family react when you said to them that you wanted to become a professional wrestler?
5: Well, not favorably. <laughs> um, my mother wasn't really happy when I was playing, When I was still pursuing football. I was playing semi-pro ball. I was about to go to the Arena Football League. Um, and I, I was training at ECW's house of hardcore, and I had a decision to make. And I went on the road with ECW. And I waited until, I want to say, November to remember, 96, when I was a member of Team Taz, to show her the video of us coming out. And I never told her. I kayfaved her that I was training. I, I told her I was taking night classes at uh, college, which is not really the greatest thing to do, but I knew how she'd react, and when she saw the video, um, she did not really, really love that I was doing it, cause I guess her and a few other people, you know, when you're pursuing a dream, nobody, re- you know, and she's a mother, she wants the best for you, she wants you to have a uh Uh, A steady plan And I was always a head in the cloud kind of guy But my feet were always grounded So you want to be protective of your son So she wasn't really happy about it Uh, Unfortunately uh, My mother passed before I was able to really show her Any of my actual uh, Real success In wrestling I was teetering around um, Opening card and stuff at ECW Not making a lot of money and, and, And doing all that before she passed um, so I never got a chance to spoil her like I would have liked, but um she supported me. She was uh supportive but she always but she was cautious and a lot of people are like that when you pursue a dream, um, because it's not the easiest thing to obtain, but I, I was I had a very refuse to be denied personality and drive. Um, so I'm sure she's looking down and she was proud of everything that I was able to accomplish and am still accomplishing in two thousand twenty two going into 2023.
4: Well, I appreciate you opening up like that. And, uh, you know, you did it and you overcame all these obstacles as, you know, a lot of us do when we're trying to pursue what we want to do in life. Uh, Just one last thing from me. I I saw uh, an event over the weekend uh, from the old ECW arena. It was by another promotion, and it was kind of like a uh, tribute to ECW. A lot of Tommy's uh, wrestlers were were on the card. I'm only assuming due to your injury – um, that's why you weren't there. Um, I just had a question, though. What do you think about that type of uh, uh, pay-per-view, for lack of a better word, or event? It's like a once in a year that this company is going to be running sort of like as a tribute to ECW.
5: Yeah, I mean, at this point, um, you know, I guess. I mean, I, I wasn't booked. I was Dennis Stamp for that. Um, and I don't know how to do my injury or whatever, but uh, it's not. Listen, it's not something that I'm. I actively and this is not taking a shot at anybody. I just don't know that you could do a lot of these. Um, and it's and it's point proven because I think a lot of people on the show where, um, were you know we're not ECW people, and and that's great because they got to work in front of a sold out house, and that's awesome. But to me, how many more of these can you do? With ECW without just basically just desecrating uh, the the product. I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm sure these guys are going to give it the best shot they can, but eventually it's going to get to a point where um, we're going to have to play Inter Sandman and wheel out of earned. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> um, but I don't. You know, I think it's great as long as people are showing up for it. There's a market for it, and people are going to pay to see it, and people can pull it off. Great. Um, I just. I I'm really enjoying. I enjoyed being Danny Doring. I love everything Danny Doring is able to accomplish, but at the same time, I love the reinvention of being myself uh, that Tommy Fiero and I came up with. Well, Tommy came up with really, um, and I just get to be myself now. And I think to me, that's a lot of fun too because I'm not in a in a soapbox or I'm a, a pigeonhole into us a, into a, a playing a character that maybe doesn't relate in 2022 other than being part of those three letters. So I'm enjoying being who I am. Um, I'm happy for those guys. I think they – I'm glad that they went out and killed it. Um, But, again, it's really not something that I have a lot of continued interest in. Um, Going forward, maybe if something were to happen on a bigger scale in in some time, that might pique my interest, but I'm extremely – no pun intended – uh, satisfied and happy with what I'm doing currently uh, in 2022. Well, it 43. goes without
4: saying. forward to seeing you in the year 2023 and what you bring to ISPW, and um, five-star crawler out. Hey, Tom, thank you very much
0: for that, and uh, Merry Christmas, and thank you for all your support with all the ISPW shows this year. Real quickly, Jim, I'm going to jump in real quick and uh, peel the curtain back for just a, a brief second and Danny, you had just said that uh, you had a stamp of the event. Now, I'm not sure who, uh, who, who I believe it was, I know Rob, it Rob's I think it was, I'm not sure if he's partners with the other guy on the show at nighttime. Uh, but it could have been the situation because, you know, it, it's knowledge that you are injured. But you might even be, uh, not even someone the books him for the convention is this, in my opinion, was silly because there's a the guy that is actually in, in this area anyway. Is relevant in 2022 he just had his, his best year in a really long time and I think that someone whoever the vendor whoever out the ball to have them there but uh, what I wanted to say is just uh, you may said Dennis a stamp to me but you're my Hulk Hogan uh, so you're far from a stamp with me and I just want to let you know then how uh, as the year comes to an end how, how much I appreciate everything you did to help me the ISW back into the spotlight. As you know, we started doing shows again last fall going into 2022, and uh, I mean, Danny's been literally, and I tell him that he is, he is ISW, man. He, he got behind it 100%. Man, he did such a phenomenal job. So many of the big moments and memories from this past year for ISW has involved him. I remember specifically that, that the best, two, two of the best memories of ISW uh, is one was an out an outdoor show it was total one day actually, and when I tell you Jay that there was like a thousand to fifteen hundred people there, like it's like a, it was like a sea of people, literally a sea of people. And when Danny came out, man, it, it was like i would never seen i never seen someone so over before, like a non like John Cena or or Hulk Hogan type name, like he legit like they were acting like he was like this big fucking celebrity. It was like it was really cool. You had to be there to see it. And uh, the second one was at 80s Wrestling Con show at nighttime. And Danny's in the main event with Maven as the Hill champion against Justin Carino, who he's been screwed over the last few months with Jake the Snake Roberts in his corner uh, to make sure there's no outside interference time so we can find out for, once and for all who's the, who's the, the better man. And bigger Jake is freaking. It's 80s wrestling con. Jake is one of the biggest icons in history of 80s wrestling. him and and Karina got bo- uh, booed out of the building, literally. Jay, you were there, so you you can you can attest this as well. Uh, because Danny was so over with the audience, and I remember that as one of the big moments of uh, 2022 as well. Because that's when I said, hey man, we gotta. And Danny said he was like, yeah, I guess I'm not a heel anymore. But uh, Jay, what was it like for you? go into that show now this is your first live isw show and you hear about you know danny danny morrison who's the you know the top hill promotion what, what was it like for you to see that reaction with him being there
3: well
1: you know i've i've had the opportunity to go to different independent shows in my local area in minnesota here and talking to you tommy you know i could tell that you always You keep the crowd in mind and you want to put forward the best product. And so when I was talking about ISPW, you know, I would get the idea that it's different. But then to be there firsthand and to experience it, it was much different than the independent shows that I've been to in Minnesota. Just the whole experience uh, had, had legitimate, had energy in the room. And I don't know if it was because we're coming off of 80s Wrestling Con, so there was already excitement there, but the show itself at night had such energy and I had the privilege of talking to Danny a little bit during the, the con to get an idea. Kinda got to see what he was you know, before the show and then to see the performance. Uh, the thing that really stands out to me about uh, Danny, and I, and I hope you can speak to this for a little bit, is especially in the world of professional athletics, nobody beats Father Time. Father Time is undefeated. Wrestling seems to be the one exception to where the older you get, maybe the better you understand the business, and so you go about it a different way. I notice young guys on cards, they try to capture the fans' attention with flash and sizzle and moves and, and high spots, whereas a seasoned performer like Danny comes out and just controls the crowd through storytelling. Now, don't get me wrong, Danny, you can still go in the ring. But you seem to go about it as kind of a guy who understands how to control the crowd, understands that you have the ability to do that. And so you put on a performance that really draws you into the whole thing, not just the physical aspect of it. I would love to hear from your perspective as a performer, even though your body ages, your mind seems to understand it better so you can still go about it at a high level. Am I I reading that right? Or, Or how do you feel experience versus age kind of plays a factor into how you capture a crowd's attention.
5: That's an excellent question. Uh, that's probably one of the better questions I've been asked in a long time. Um, you know, going back to total a day. Um, yeah, man, that was an amazing feeling. And then to work with a top notch heel like Mike Tarras, uh, Mike Mars is, was, was, was really, uh, awesome too. uh, really helped get that day over and really get ISPW, uh, a lot of good pub. Um, but going and, and and yeah, I love being Tommy Fierro's Hulk Hogan, except for he doesn't have to worry because there's no lust in my eyes, brother.
3: <laughs> um, I have I have no
5: plan to steal the wrestling collector from him. Maybe the <laughs> Wrestlefest
0: game, but maybe not, not the collect. Nice. Um, oh, by the way, real quick, Danny, let me let me jump in before you continue, Jay. So when Danny was at the store last week, me and him uh, played Wrestlefest. He fucking absolutely destroyed me like in like a minute. <laughs> Listen.
5: Again, I say this all the time, it's not it's not me, it's the lethal combination of the Warrior and Ted DiBiase. I don't know what it is, but um but yeah, man, so like I was blessed to start in ECW. Um and I was surrounded by guys who have been there, done that from day 1. Uh, everywhere from, you know, well-traveled veterans to bona fide superstars. And I got to pick brains and listen to and travel with guys. Um, I've been on the opening match. I've been on the dark matches for ECW where at the time where a guy like Nova and Chetty and me and Roadkill would have to empty the barrel and do every high spot we could get in because mm-hmm. we had six and a half minutes. And we were just trying to get noticed. Um, as time goes on and you get an established name, you can kind of rest on your laurels a little bit. Um, and I got to listen to you know, and a guy like a Stevie Richards who helped me uh, figure out how to maintain my body through yoga and and different kind of stretches and and different kinds of and your diet um, that helps. But I think you get to a point too where you have a, a certain name value and you don't have to rely on. You know, and I've been on the end of the spectrum, so I, I understand these young kids doing a lot of spots, flips, and athletic maneuver. And trust me, they're way more athletic and aerobatic than uh, than any of us ever were. The, the athleticism is off the charts, so I get it. Um, but as you get older and you learn how to sit back and uh, just – Tell a story. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that. Uh, My Mm -hmm. first show back, the pandemic, I told people, I said, I don't know why you feel the need. And, and, you know, some kids get it. Some just look at you like you're nuts. Um, These people have been stuck in their houses for two years. They don't. They can watch acrobatics on the Thunderdome or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Uh, They want you to connect with them. They want to, they need that physical connection. They need that interaction. They want you to interact with them. Uh, And and, and that's really what I did my first year back. I wrestled a tag match with uh, Craig Steele. And we, I just sat there and I I tried to engage almost every member of that crowd because I felt from everybody's overall mental health, that's what we all needed. Hmm. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, And, and to come back in an ISPW, to sit and really enjoy that role that I've had, to sit back and kind of just uh, take my time and work the matches and, 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 and see the fans and see which guys interact and, and which ones making eye contact with me and which one hates my guts and which ones starting to come around to <laughs> what I'm trying to do. That's the most amazing thing in the world because you could sit there and, and slow everything down at a point and see everything around you. And it's noticing what's going on outside of you uh, and working for the people to get that reaction is what's going to bring them back in the door to see you again. It's what's going to bring them back to see the product and then get eyes on the younger guys who are doing those things and Mm. and making a name for themselves. And you've seen a lot of guys in the last year with ISPW uh, coming up through the ranks and and becoming – way bigger stars than they thought they were a year before that or maybe that they ever thought that look at the rise of rick recon right now mm-hmm. um, what he's been able to do look at a guy like mike tarras who's probably never been given a lot of chances on the independent scene what he's doing uh a resurgence of a nick burke um andy Weinberg, all these guys um mm. you have an amazing product out there and you're getting eyes on it and that's just and it's it's because ispw is basically a, a cornucopia of different wrestling and, and things for, for your wrestling palette.
2: <clears throat>
1: is there any of the is there any of the younger guys in ISPW right now that you think has potential to be the next like a future star in this industry?
5: Yeah, man. Um, there's 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 um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of great talent, man. Like uh, you know, and I I I have to throw crowbar into the list because mm-hmm. the guy just seems to get younger. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what he's doing. But um you know, you got crowbar, you got um you know, the uh the the, the birds of uh, what's it the birds of prey? Is that what they're called? Yeah. What do they call those the uh, birds, birds,
0: the so birds of Prey is so much cool.
5: Birds of Prey is so much cool. we're gonna have to change that. We'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> what's our next booking meeting, we'll have to
0: you know we'll have to,
5: we'll have to look into that. Um, you know, T J Epics, man, the the kid is he's exciting. There uh, was there was a there was, a, there was a, a a bunch of guys that just debuted that look like they have what it takes to, you know to come up there. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, man, there's um I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of 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 a lot of those guys. Um, you know, coming up, I, I'm I'm gonna watch more closely because it's hard it's hard to really look at them when you have. Uh, when you when you're getting a um, when you're getting a chair uh, sent through your back and your spine, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I'm gonna look a little closely, But yeah, it's been fun to watch a lot of those guys. You know, even Johnson Carino had a great year, and 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 even Bull, you know, doing the things he's doing uh, despite the fact that that he's turned his back on on people. But you know, GKM is another guy. I mean, you know, I know he's part of the birds of the sun, but. Uh, individually the guy is absolutely off the charts amazing. Um, you know, so, yeah, there's a lot, man. There's a lot to watch. That ladder match was epic the other day, part of my pun. Um, and 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 you got a guy, like a big, strong guy with a plan like Mike Mars that was able to retain. So, And there's a lot of stuff to watch. There's a lot of great guys. Uh, it's, a, it's a very talented locker room, a lot of talented uh,
0: boys and girls on the shows, and they're all killing it. Yeah, man. And, and, and Danny J. Had a, had a big 2022 in ISW. He had title defenses against Scotty Tuhati. He had the title defense against um, Tommy Dreamer, uh, against Bull, against Crowbar. I mean, he, he had a lot of big uh, – against Recon. Uh, like, you, like you said, Recon, I, I believe, uh, I would say probably middle of the summer, late, late summer – now I think that he's a different uh, performer than he was in the first half of the year, so I would be excited to see you guys uh, lock up again. I think that, and I'm sure that a million percent that probably happened in 2023. Uh, I would like to see that as well. And another another team that another uh, group that we didn't mention that uh, had a, had a big year also is the now, uh, who also yeah, yeah. Uh, went on Absolutely. to. Uh, we work for NWA, and they weren't the Demolition Cup at the 80s Wrestling Con. They're, they're another team that's really good. But yeah, a lot, a lot of guys in that locker room are are really good, and, and I think it's cool, Danny, because I think that um, you are, uh, you know, the locker room leader there in ISW. And, and let me tell you something, Jay. Danny's uh, passion for this industry it, it, it really is infectious. Like, I, like, I'm, like, I'm like he, he, you talk to the guy, you can't help but not be excited about professional wrestling. I bet you the three of us and this call for the next 10 hours, just talking about storylines from the eighties alone. It just certain people just, you you had that immediate connection with. And uh, for me, Danny was definitely one of those guys. I'm so excited that uh, he's so excited about wrestling in 2022. And Danny, I just want to thank you again, man, for, uh, for awesome year. Uh, A great, 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 great 2022 that you had. And, And yes, you definitely deserve to be the wrestler of the year for ISW. W and uh I just wanna let you know I appreciate it, my man. Oh, uh, that and that that,
5: that that goes right back at you, man. So it's it's like uh we're like uh we're like a Batman and Batman. There's no Robins on this team, man. We but we, we we did it together. So um you know, and, and and that's one of those things, man, you just sometimes you, you 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 stumble across people that you've known a long time and you just and, and life is uh life's a funny thing man and you just you just have a common you have a common goal you have a common uh passion you have a common love for something and it bleeds through and it's 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 hard it's it's undeniable um and that's what ISPW's been on this on on, on this this latest uh reincarnation is is been a resurgence for guys and it's been a proving ground for other guys uh and, and it really is uh you know, uh, it's just it's 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 been one of the uh, best stops of my pro wrestling journey um, to sit here and do this, man. So like my my focus right now is just to get back to being that, and I'm still trying to get there. And I I you know I heard I got a pretty significant injury, and I probably shouldn't even mm-hmm. wrestle the tournament, but I did because I I I I didn't I didn't want to I'm, I'm I didn't want to admit that I was hurt more than I was. So I figured I could work through it. Um, and, you know, it might have set me back a little more. But, again, that's just who I am. Like, I'm not going to take days off. I don't like taking days off. It drives me nuts to be on the shelf. I don't like it. It bothers me. Uh, and it should, as a performer. It should be something that drives you to be better and to get better and to get and get yourself back in the, in, 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 in working shape so I can get out there and do what I love to do, and that's wrestle and entertain the people and uh, make Tommy some money.
0: <laughs> uh, I, like, I like the sound of that, man. Right? <laughs> hey, Jay, real quick, Jay, real quick before you finish up with him, one last thing I want to say. I was going to wait to announce it, but since Christmas is a couple of days away, and uh, you might as well, we might as well spread the Christmas cheer, and especially for those that are fans of the superstar Danny Morrison and ISW. Until Danny can return to the ring, and, and that, that timetable is to TBA. So until then, Jumpin' J, I am announcing now that Danny will be the acting general manager of ISW at all the events uh, until he can get back in the
1: ring. Whoa. That's that's very exciting. I imagine that comes with a little bit of power that uh, Danny can kind of make some things happen. Is that correct? That's uh, correct. Oh,
5: I've got... I've got some plans of scheming, my friend. i got some plans, especially for your current heavyweight champion. i got some things in mind and things in store for him. Don't
0: you worry. Well, there you have it. January 20th will be the next ISW show in West Milford, New Jersey, and uh, Danny will be there. He will be the general manager for the evening. The main event is a mixed tag team match where both titles, are on the line. It will be ISW world champion Bull James teaming up with Tina San Antonio, and they will be taking on Alpha Jr. and Vicious Vicky, both Bull's mm-hmm. ISW title and Vicky's women's title will be on the line in that match, and another big match that night wow. will be the real one, formerly known as Enzo Amore, going one-on-one with Rick Recon. Now, uh, Jay, uh, Enzo was on Busted Open a couple of days ago, and him and La got into a huge, huge fight with each other, and uh, Recon's name was brought up, and, uh, and Enzo pretty much, like, ate him alive. Now, mm. I was surprised, and, and I know, Danny, I know you listen to Busted Open all the time. I'm not sure if you got a chance to uh, check out Recon's reply to that, but uh, Recon did a rebuttal to it, and which I was very impressed with because... Uh, Enzo is obviously extremely talented on the microphone. There's no denying that, and is obviously a million times bigger of a name than Recon is. But Recon like had a confidence in his voice when he was addressing Enzo. And, and did you get a chance to see that, Danny, or no? I I saw
5: I, I I A listened to Enzo and B I also I'm a student of the game. Let's not forget. I'm a student no. of the game. Yes, of course. I see everything that everybody's doing. I have full wrestling clairvoyancy. Yes, I saw a Rick Recon's, uh promo and uh, rebuttal. I should say, if I'm being, if I'm being uh, in character. But yeah, um, listen. It's entertainment. It's it's it's, but it's not a debate. If it's a debate and it's a microphone back and forth and it's Enzo and Rick Recon, and we're judging points given on on uh, on, 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 on a, a microphone debate, then I think Enzo's going to take it. But unfortunately, it's a wrestling match. It's a competition. It's a contest. And I would imagine, knowing a little bit about the subject and a little bit about who Rick Recon's got in his corner, don't forget uh, Dave LaGreca is also in his corner. And I have the the feeling that some kind of busted open, uh, there was something to do with that Mm. and a little bit of Dave getting in uh, Enzo's head because Dave probably knew what was about to be announced for the show. Uh, So he's already got a plan, I'm sure. And I think that Rick Recon's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. So I think he's got a plan. And again, this is not a debate. It's not a microphone contest. It's a wrestling match. And obviously, Enzo is a former cruiserweight champion of the world and all these things. But I think it's, it really builds to a great story of what, what's going to go down that night. But I think at the same time, Enzo is also not unfamiliar with these kinds of things. So I, I'm going to be more interested now, actually, as an acting general manager, to watch mm. this go down as a wrestling fan. Uh, more than anything else, because I can watch uh, unobjectively and and, and kind of in a gray area and right down the middle and watch it unfold. But it, it's a pretty exciting little dynamic. But I would watch that LaGreca on the outside because he turned that le lean into a, a viral sensation and uh, never gave me credit once.
0: <laughs> he he sure did. And not only that, but that's the other. It's like it's like a triple attraction we're having at the next. ISW show, Winter Warfare, on January 20th. Like I said, it's a mixed tag team, double title match, Enzo against Rick Recon. And then we're also doing, for the first time ever, the Greca Lean Contest live at ISW on January 20th. And uh, I tell you what, as, the, as your first time, your first mate on the job as the acting GM, that's three big uh, things that you can sink your teeth into. So I'm sure that you're excited about that.
5: I might lean off the top rope that night and drop the no <laughs> Randy Savage style right through the heart of Dave LaGreca. yeah, because he's in the dangerous zone and that's what's gonna happen that night. So I would be very, 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 very cautious, uh, if I was Dave LaGreca because I would like to uh lean my good hip right into his uh <laughs> right into his his throat Rick uh Ricky Steamboat style. <laughs> With a, with a ring bell, and that will affect his busted open career. Maybe I'll take that from him. Maybe I'll have lust in my eyes for that.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. And once again, all you listeners out there that are coming in from different states and areas for 80s Wrestling Con, you'll have an opportunity to meet Danny in person as he will be at the convention, and he will be uh, inducting Randy Savage into the 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award section. I mean, these wrestling also, time. We're going to do it every year. First year was a Bruiser Brody. This year will be the Macho Man. And, uh, man, I'm excited for you, man. And, again, thank you as always. And I'm sure I'll be back hey. you as soon as we get off the uh, the call here. Yeah,
5: absolutely. And, uh, and let's, you know, and, and it's, this is going to be a big thing, man. So last year was huge. Uh, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of amazing superstars on the show. Um, and maybe we can even do a thing at the Wrestling Collector. Maybe we could do a contest one-on-one with the superstar at WrestleFest, no power-ups, and I can lock out every fan driving from any other state uh, coming to the show at the Wrestling Collector on the WrestleFest game, one victory after another, after another, after another. I think
0: that's a great I, I idea. Got, listen, I got, I got one even bigger for you. You ready for this? I'm about, to, I'm about to make 80s Wrestling Con your favorite thing in the history of wrestling because this is what I'm going to do, man. i am actually... We're talking about a couple weeks ago here on the, on the show... I'm planning on bringing that uh, that WrestleFest game to 80s Wrestling Con. So what I'm thinking, man, maybe we can have a beat Danny Morrison WrestleFest challenge at 80s Wrestling Con in the daytime. What do you think about that? I think that's a
5: tremendous idea, except for you just have to rename it, lose to the superstar Danny Morrison <laughs> at WrestleFest, because I am unbeatable.
0: Well, Jumping Jay, you, you want you want to you want you want you want to be the first to step up and take on Danny on the Wrestlefest game at 80th Wrestling Con?
1: Honestly, I think I'd be better off if I were able to be in his corner. And you know, I'll massage his shoulder, I'll massage his thumb, make sure that A B button's working properly, nice and oiled up. I want to be on the winning side of this deal, Tommy.
5: Yeah, I could develop
1: <laughs> tennis elbow.
5: I could use him.
0: That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Danny, I hope you and your family have a a Merry Christmas, man, and I'll be talking to you soon, and and we appreciate you coming on and and hanging out with us for a while.
5: Same to you guys, man. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and it's a new year for ISPW, 2023. Bigger and better than ever, baby. Let's get it. I love it.
0: All right, man. All right, there you have it. The superstar, Danny Morrison, joining us today on 80s wrestling the podcast special christmas edition we kicked it off with wildfire tommy rich talking to him and then talking to danny for a while i tell you what man I, danny's got the personality uh where you know you could just talk to him all day because especially he's so passionate about wrestling he could talk about anything as far as wrestling goes but uh yeah man he, he's you know talking about at the end of the real one
2: he's he's a real
0: one man he uh He's really down to earth, loves the business, loves being a part of the business still, just an all-around good fella. You know what I'm saying, Jumping
1: Jay? Listen, his passion came through the phone call. Like, you can just tell he's not somebody who has lost the love for the business. Because you know how sometimes you do something, and he's almost been doing it for 30 years, you know, and so when you do something for a long time, Sometimes it affects you to where, like, you kind of become jaded to it and you just don't love it at the same as you used to. But you can tell he loves pro wrestling today as much as he did when he was watching Randy Savage on that 13-inch black-and-white TV that he spoke about. And so you just got to respect that about a guy who has stayed that passionate about the thing that's been driving life. And so I absolutely enjoyed that phone call. I can't even tell you how much I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, me too, man. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, Jay, while you were just talking, I just thought of, next week's topic. Uh, and I think that you're really going to enjoy it because obviously next year will be the end of 2022, our final edition of 80s Wrestling, the podcast here in 2022. I say, Jay, we bring it back, bring it back, say, 35 years ago, which would put us at 19, uh, 1987, I believe, correct? Yeah, 1987. Let's do an episode next week, the year in review of 1987. All the big topics and happenings in the world of professional wrestling in the 1987 wrestling
1: year in review. What do you think about that for an episode of WWF? Huge year in the WWF. And so I would thoroughly enjoy talking about 1987 and all the things that were taking place and all the things that was about taking place uh, that they were setting up. So let's do it. Next year, ring in the new year, 1987 all over again. Great idea, Tommy. Right, let's make it even greater. How about we get
0: someone that was in the WWF during that year to join us on the show and talk about the year 1987 as well? That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it?
1: That would be pretty cool if you can pull that out. I mean, I'll make some phone calls on my to, end. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm putting myself on the spot right now. It's it's not like say, I you're, have to find uh, someone. You're writing a check, but I know you can cash it. I know you'll follow through So, yeah, that'd be fantastic. If we could have a 1987 guest for the 1987 re- year in review, that'd be amazing, man. Yeah, man. So let's do that for next week's episode. I'll tell you
0: what, fun one today, Jay. Really, really fun edition of 80s Wrestling, the podcast Christmas edition. And uh, hopefully uh, in the next couple of days here at the Wrestling Collector, get to see some of you guys coming in. I'll tell you what, it's been busy, Jay, the last uh, – a uh, week or so, as far as the online orders go. I'm not sure oh. everyone out there knows we we have uh, we have a, a, a little store section on thewrestlingcollector.com. We do uh, magazines, autographed pictures, LJN figures, and Coliseum videos. Now you can buy them for one month. You do a three month subscription, the six month subscription, or even a year subscription, where we send every month magazines to you and LJN figures to you, and uh, autograph pictures. So anyone out there that uh, is interested in, support in this, uh, supporting the, uh, the show here, uh, all you have to do is head over to the wrestlingcollector.com and you uh, have a chance to get some magazines or LJNs, or if you want to support uh, ISPW. If you don't live in the New Jersey area and would like to, you can always go to ISPWWrestling.com, we got shirts and hats on the website, so uh, you can show your love that way. Or just keep listening each and every week because uh, we feel the love, and, uh, and the numbers keep growing each and every week, and we enjoy talking to you more each and every week. And jumping, Jay, man, I think we're going to have to – I know that you want to oil his shoulders and, and, and get him ready, but I'd like to see you and Danny one-on-one in
1: WrestleFast. Listen, I would be more than happy to be his warm-up match. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I'll start training. I'll be doing thumb push-ups and uh, all sorts of things, getting my thumbs ready for that, for that joystick and those two buttons, man. That's such a classic game, and I honestly think if Danny Morrison is as good as he says he is, that will be a long line at the con for a chance to go one-on-one with the superstar in what can just be said is the greatest arcade game ever made by man. Absolutely, man. Hey, Jay, I, uh, I'm sure that i you text me a – uh, this
0: weekend uh, the wish and merry christmas so i won't say it now uh but i hope you and your family have a, a wonderful holiday this weekend any any big plans what's on the agenda for uh for
1: you guys this weekend Are you guys traveling anywhere staying local well here's here's the deal we got three different christmases you know we got one friday one saturday one sunday but they're all in town and so it's not any any far travel by any means just across town for each one how about you where's the fiero's going to be celebrating this year we we
0: do
2: christmas eve
1: at my house
0: and uh her fa- her family comes over and my mom comes over and uh then christmas day we do at the morning time at her parents house for uh us open gifts and everything and then we head up to my mom's house and, and her parents do as well so we, we always spend the holidays all together but yeah christmas eve at my house Christmas morning at her family's house and Christmas dinner at my mom's house.
1: That's fantastic, man. What a way to celebrate. You got to be surrounded by the ones you love. Uh, it's been a great year for us here. I mean, we got next week's episode before the new year, so we won't uh, reminisce too much, but I just want to wish you and your family a very safe and happy holiday. Uh, what a great show today, man. This was fantastic. Oh, man, Thank you I, for setting I, up the two I guests really that deliver. I, we
0: deliver. We got a good Danny on more often just to talk, Oh, I Three would love to talk to him Yeah, this yep.
1: Yeah, he's, he's fun to talk to.
0: Yep. Maybe it's we'll make it when, a
1: three-man team and get him on. It's fun when you can take a an angle. Like, we all know Macho Man and Hogan. We all know the mega power split. We all love it. But to be able to sit and talk to somebody, especially uh, a guy like yourself and a guy like Danny, who are on the other side of the business, to just kind of not only talk about it, but to kind of pick it apart and say, here's why it worked. uh you know, it's just fun to have those in-depth conversation about a topic. If you try to talking about a non-wrestling fan, that in-depth, they roll their eyes real quick. But when someone's passionate about the business and can sit down and kind of pinpoint, here's why it worked, here's why I liked it, here's why we're still talking about it 30-some years later, it, that's a fantastic conversation.
0: Absolutely, man. So, uh, again, everyone out there, I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas with their friends and family, and uh, we will talk to you next week When we review 1987 right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.